0: Well, hello there. Thank you for inviting me into your eardrums. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books. This is Smart Podcast Trashy Books, episode number 422. And Amanda is back. She is back with your recommendations for psychic pining. Plus, we discuss making graham crackers, macaroni and cheese. Yes, I will share recipes because basically we talk about books and then we talk about food and then we talk about books and then we talk about food. And then we take a side trip about psychics having sex. Then, if you remember episode 417 from early August when I interviewed psychic Carol Cottrell, Amanda made an appointment with her, and she shares what her experience was like. Now we talk a little bit about death and regrets, and there is some crying, so if you're a sympathy crier like I am, you might want to grab a tissue. That part starts at about 22 minutes in. Thank you to Kelsey, Jurdemaine, Katie, and Morgan for your email and for your recommendations. I will have links to all of the books we talk about in the show notes, and I will have recipe links, do not worry, also in the show notes at smartbitches slash podcast. Speaking of podcast, are you looking for a new podcast to listen to? Have you tried Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club?
1: Hi, my name is Ellen. And I'm Ellen's mom. And together, we host Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club, part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Our podcast is basically like having a book club with your gal pal and her mom who thinks she's part of the gang and won't leave you alone. Lame, whatever. Kidding, to a degree. We operate much like your local book club, adding listener insights to the book and reading books almost exclusively voted on by our listeners. There is no limit to the books we will read, except for the really spicy ones that Ellen won't let me read. With reason. We post new episodes every Monday, and you can find us on social media at NotYourMom'sRom. Find Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. And happy romancing!
0: Of course, I will have lots of links to lots of things, including where you can find Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club podcast. This episode is brought to you by Ritual, which is a daily multivitamin obsessively researched for women. It is vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free, all of the sources for the nine nutrients inside are provided for you to read and research on your own. We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, which is why Ritual's founder is on a mission to reinvent the vitamin industry. They are committed to showing you their nutrients, where they came from, and why they chose them. Ritual is designed to be an easy way to build a daily ritual. I like that it's easy. I like that a new bottle shows up on my porch the minute I finish the old one. And I really like the fact that I know what's in each capsule and the capsules are transparent so I can see inside them. It's very cool. I also like that the source for every piece of the multivitamin is provided in the packaging. And best of all, it never makes me nauseated. Daily changes can lead to big results, so start small today. Ritual is offering you 10% off your first three months. Try it out. Satisfaction guaranteed. Go to ritual.com slash Sarah to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com forward slash Sarah. Hello, greetings. You of the Patreon community are absolutely fabulous. If you have supported the show with a monthly pledge of any amount, thank you. You are helping me make sure that every episode is accessible to everyone and you keep the show going each week. Thank you so much for your support. And if you would like to have a look at our Patreon, it is patreon.com slash smartbitches. Monthly pledges start at $1 and every pledge makes a massive, massive difference. So thank you for your consideration. And hello again, Patreon community. You look fabulous today. Here's a question. What are you doing in your free time? Are you perhaps playing Best Fiends? I am uh, rather hooked on this game, so um, if you're anything like me, you will be too. Come join me. I'm lonely. Best Fiends gives you a fun way to have socially distant competition with your friends or, you know, random podcasters that you listen to. Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new content and new levels, and it never gets old. They treat the game like a service for their players, and I like that every time I open it, there's something new. There's a new character. There's a new piece of story. My favorite initial character in the land of Minutia is Edward, but I also I also like Quincy, because it starts with a K, they're seriously cute. There's always a new monthly themed challenge, it's fun, it's easy to try to beat a new level, and even when the cell service is really bad, I don't need a connection to play. Best Fiends has thousands of levels already, with new levels, events, and characters added every month. It is hours of fun right at your fingertips, and you can play offline. With over 100 million downloads and tons of 5-star reviews, Best Fiends is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Stay tuned after the episode for a really, really bad joke. Terrifically bad. Sent in by a listener named Jenny because all of you are fabulous and you send me bad jokes. And if you'd like to send me one, you can send it to sbjpodcast at gmail.com or sarah at smartbitchestrashybooks.com. But now let's start with this podcast, more psychic pining, more food, more psychic pining and more psychic conversations with me and Amanda.
1: I was looking on the dock and it's like, what the fuck is up with my back? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes, I am very displeased to be the age that I am right now because uh, my cycle is due and apparently that now includes back pain upper back pain and it's weird like i was using the corner of the doorway to try to like massage it out and the minute i started pressing on it i started feeling nauseous and i was like this is really just unacceptable wiring and i can't like call anybody to have this rewired and i'm very peeved about it
1: well that's fair
0: yeah like this is not cool um and i and i know i have endometriosis i suspect it's related but it can just fuck right off yeah yeah So, what are three good good things for you today? (laughs) Starting Uh, off positive.
1: I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't have anything. Oh. I mean, nothing's, like, bad, but, like, nothing has been, like, super positive either. Well, you want to hear what's uh, rocking my world? Yeah. So, we
0: are still in the first week of online schooling. And um, they have classes Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday's independent work day, and then Thursday and then Friday. So they have classes, the same classes on Monday and Thursday and the same classes on Tuesday and Friday. So today is technically an A day or whatever. It's called a block schedule. My kids are super into it. They love it. But their lunch break is like five years long. It is – at school, I think they had 30 minutes for lunch, maybe. Like when school was in session in the building where all of the germs are, I think they had 30 minutes for lunch. Now they have a full hour and a half. Oh, wow. Like all the neighborhood kids go outside and they're all like, what do we do with all of this time? So um, my older son has, with our permission, installed the Dunkin' Donuts app and is now biking to Dunkin' Donuts with my (laughs) younger son to procure their lunch – they have voluntarily left the house they are biking it is like 90 degrees with humidity they're like we don't care there's donuts at the end of the story they are so <laughs> excited and like my neighbor was like who are those are those are those your children leaving that what where are they what what was that and i'm like yeah i don't know they just
1: they're on a quest for donuts
0: yeah and my husband's bike hasn't been ridden since you know march so he's like i'll just ride dad's bike and adam's like my bike
1: He took my bike, (laughs) but he's bringing me back a donut. So life is good. I've like, I was looking at donuts yesterday. I was like, God, I could go for a donut right now.
0: It's pumpkin donut season. They brought them out. I'm a big
1: fan. What are those orange red squares on your door?
0: The orange and red squares on my door. One says, do not disturb, go find mom. And one says, do not disturb, go find dad. So I put them on the door Right above the doorknob if one of us is in here and we're doing something that cannot be interrupted through pain of death. Like if Adam has like a webinar that he's running, you know, and like, you know, the federal government is is doing a webinar and he's <laughs> on it, you know, like do not disturb dad. And that's when you have the cat underneath the door because, you know, obviously he and the dog do not read. That's when you have the cat under the door squeezing his little paws under the crack and painfully wailing, please let me in. <laughs> And also, the other thing that's good here is that the jasmine is blooming and it smells really good outside. Humid, but good.
1: Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I'm looking forward to my camping trip. Yes! Mainly because uh, s'mores will be involved.
0: I mean, oh, I saw a s'mores recipe involving graham crackers, hot marshmallow, and a Reese's peanut butter cup instead of the chocolate. And I was like, oh, 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 yeah,
1: Mm mm-hmm. This this place is fancy because in the, the s'mores kit they make sure to point out that the graham cracker is homemade. And I'm oh. like, how do you make a homemade graham cracker? Like I've eaten it was like the honey made boxes of graham cracker, right? But it's never occurred to me that like they just don't appear fully formed. Like how how does one make a graham cracker?
0: So well. First Google of the episode, I am now looking up graham cracker recipes because now I want to eat one. Let's see. Totally worth the effort. I never trust a food blogger who says something is totally worth the effort. And it's like, here are all the specialized tools you need for this recipe. That's a hard no. Whole wheat flour, cinnamon, baking soda, salt butter, light brown sugar, milk, honey, and vanilla extract. I have all of those things. Mm, Okay. Maybe I shall do this. That sounds really good.
1: And I did make some bomb-ass mac and cheese yesterday.
0: I want to hear about the mac and cheese. I am making macaroni and cheese in the Instant Pot tonight.
1: So I'll send you the link to the recipe, but...
0: Can you hear the helicopter? (laughs) Yes. Uh, If just in case it's Marine One giving a very appropriate salute okay moving on
1: (laughs) but it was not bad in terms of like labor intensiveness
0: Mm -hmm. which Uh, recipe did you use
1: so i found this one so no offense to sarah she did link me some good recipes oh no
0: harm no foul
1: but I am very opinionated on mac and cheese recipes. How do you if, not
0: go with a recipe from a site called the Chunky, the Chunky Chef? <laughs>
1: to, to game on. So it's like if I'm going to make mac and cheese, yeah. which is like a huge like comfort meal. Oh, it comes with expectations. I'm going like all out for my mac and cheese.
0: So you're going full hand.
1: Yeah. So instead of like, you know, Sarah sent me... It was like a three-ingredient mac and cheese. And I'm like, no. I was like, I need multiple cheeses. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so I used that recipe. And it does require making a roux, which always makes me nervous because I feel like I fuck it up every time. Um, but it came out fine. And it was delicious. And I have a whole pan of it that I'm going to eat some for lunch after this. Oh, Yeah. Tonight, we're having
0: uh, salmon and this recipe for peas, green peas, um, that was in The Guardian from, I think it was Yotam Ottolenghi, whose recipes can be really, really fussy and finicky. Like, please harvest this mushroom from the northwest side of this mountain at this time. (laughs) And um, this recipe is actually really simple. You brown onions in some olive oil, and then you take half of the onions out, and then you add the frozen peas and a little bit of water. And the caramelization from the onions starts to flavor the peas and they cook down in the water and we use frozen peas. So it's like dead easy. And then you put the onions, half of the onions that's took out, you put that back on top with a little bit more olive oil and they are so good. I could eat the whole pan. So I'm going to have macaroni and cheese and peas. And I feel like that balances out
1: like healthy I, and unhealthy. <laughs> um, there's this restaurant in Brookline Called the public house, and they are known for their mac and cheese. And you can You've mentioned b- them before. Yes. You can add a bunch of stuff in it. And I usually peas, you can add peas. Um, Obviously. and they also have like pearl, pearl hot dogs that you can put in there. I love Ooh. hot dogs and mac and cheese. Actually, I think I have hot dogs. <gasps> dinner, I can put dinner, hot dogs dinner, in dinner, my dinner, mac Dinner, and dinner, 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 Batman! <laughs> so that's probably what I'll do. I love how
0: we just skipped right to food. So you do have good things. You have a big-ass pan of macaroni and cheese. Mac and cheese. And you have hot dogs. And you're going glamping with homemade mac and cheese. Or homemade uh,
1: graham crackers. More Graham crackers. This sounds very so. posh. And I also like... I like long car rides. I'm oh. one of those people who, like... I love looking out a window. um, mm-hmm. And just, like, seeing places that I've never really been to before oh yeah so like I can read in a car like I don't get motion sickness but I'm like too absorbed by like looking at what's going on and I think this is like a three-hour car ride to Maine that's not too bad Yeah. I usually cross stitch in the car
0: if Adam's driving and I find it very relaxing yeah I particularly love when there's a car ride and we take Adam's car because he has the heated and the cooled seats. And there are some times when the heated seat is my favorite thing in the whole world.
1: I do like a heated seat.
0: It's so good. So, so good. All right. So we have feedback and recommendations for books with psychic pining, and then we can talk about actual psychics. (laughs) Sound good? All
1: right, so do you want to take the first email from a uh, listener? Yes. So we got an email from Kelsey D, and they say, I want to say I finished the Suki Stackhouse books. I really enjoyed them, but was upset with the last one. Amanda should read book four since it's all about Eric. I was team Eric Northman all the way and was upset that she ended up with Sam. I feel her disappointment. But book four, Dead to the World, is my favorite book of the series. Did you read Dead to the World? Yes. And I think after that, because I had just I just knew she wasn't going to end up with Eric Northman. Uh, it's so frustrating th-
0: when you can see how it's going, right?
1: Yeah, you're like, fuck this. I'm out. I'm out.
0: <laughs> Turning down my game because my fan is running and I don't want it to get picked up on the microphone i always feel so bad because i like doing calls with you with skype because then we can see each other and you know we can have a conversation but yeah. then my computer's like oh my god this is too much as a camera and a recording and ah, oh, i must run the fan and then i hear this sh- in the background and then i feel like a bad podcaster
1: <laughs> speaking of food by the way yeah emma texted me and she's like your book has arrived and i haven't ordered any books so i didn't know what she's talking about and she sent me a photo of this new cookbook called soupology the art of soup from six simple broths oh and i love soup and i'm just waiting for soup season and i was like it's like emma you know i'm a soup slut and she's like yes i know this i
0: that is so funny i am also the not only the soup slut but also the Crock-Pot, Instant Pot, Stew, and Soup Mastermind from yes. you know, the minute it gets cool until it's time to start grilling again. So we are almost into my season of cooking. and I Soup have a,
1: season. Yes.
0: And I have a recipe for a mushroom and farro stew that Gross. looks amazing.
1: I don't I like mushrooms. I
0: know you don't like mushrooms. And I was looking at my recipes and I was like, oh, beef barley soup. I haven't made that in a really long time. Oh, and this other one. And... I have two packages of dried tortellini that Alex didn't like because they were really, really salty. But I was thinking putting them in tortellini soup would be a really good idea. So I'm going to try the tortellini soup
1: recipe. I'm uh, back to food, of course. I am a sucker for like, I'm not a big fan of like broths. I'm a like stick to your ribs, cream based soup Mm -hmm. or like a stew or like one of my favorite like family recipes we have is for Hungarian goulash because I'm Hungarian. Um, And it's just like so filling. Oh, it'll keep you going for like a year and a half. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Yeah, I'm a like stick to your ribs. And Eric has never heard of that phrase and I had to explain it to him. I was like stick to your ribs sort of thick soup. Yeah.
0: So next email We're just going to do psychic pining, food, psychic pining, food, books, food, food, psychic pining, food, right? Okay, that's Mm -hmm. the plan. So the next email is from Jourdemain. I hope I said that right, Jourdemain. And they write... Thanks for your site and the podcasts. They have both helped me a lot during the quarantines. You are very welcome. And it makes me so happy to see people using the word quarantines. I can't even tell you. (laughs) On the subject of psychic pining, Fiddler's Rose by P.D. Haney has lovers who talk to each other in dreams. (gasps) I love that. Also in the Bishop series by Kay Hooper, practically everybody has a psychic ability. Well, that's handy. Thanks again for doing what you do. I love the idea of talking in your dreams. Like that, that is good. That is all good. All right. We have another email from Katie. You want to take that one? Sure. And don't worry, we'll link to all of these books in the show notes. Yes. So you can buy them for yourself.
1: So this one's from Katie. I thought of some books while listening to the podcast episode. You mentioned the Jane Castle books already but she actually has two psychic slash space series under that name. One of them is three books named after flowers Amaryllis, Zinnia, and Orchid and the psychic powers are slightly different from her other series. People with psychic talent can't use it effectively unless they focus it through a psychic prism constructed by another person. (laughs) These ne- this necessitates a psychic link between characters. I'm sure you see where that's going. I like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do see where that is yeah. going. It's like mixing crystals, psychics. This is going to be somebody's catnip. Like,
1: whoa! I like those books, and they don't get mentioned as often as the arcane and harmony slash ghost hunter books. Oh. It's been years since I read it, like high school, so more than 10 years. Proceed with some caution. But (laughs) Mary Stewart wrote a book called Touch Not the Cat, where the protagonist has a telepathic connection with someone she assumes is a distant cousin since childhood. I can't remember exactly, but I think the mind reading thing may sort of run in the family. Not sure about that. Anyway... That's her love interest, and they speak to each other that way throughout the book, if I remember correctly, but she doesn't know exactly who he is until the end. There's also a suspense plot, because it's a Stewart. I don't remember anything about what that was, except that there is also an evil cousin, or possibly more than one evil cousin. Always good. Gotta have some evil cousins. <laughs> Thanks so much for the podcast, and it always makes me happy to see an episode with Amanda. Yay! Thanks, Katie! arm flailing
0: happiness (laughs) all right so i always forget and then remember touch not the cat by mary stewart i think if i'm not if i'm not mistaken mary stewart may have written a couple of psychics like there's more than one psychic in the stewart backlist but the problem with touch not the cat is that there is also a book called touch not the cat by tracy phobes and I am going to send you a link to the cover in the chat because it is among the most ridiculous Desalvo covers. Oh boy! And uh, I will link to it in the in the show notes so you can see this majesty. It's like it's like he, <laughs> it's like John Desalvo is taking a time out from running a nature show, <laughs> wearing a kilt, and is <laughs> showing you the cat. Oh my god! And. He, and he's just smiling at you like, hey. Check see, out this cat. See my pussy?
1: I'm touching it.
0: <laughs> touching out the cat like I do. And he's got
1: his hands on the cat. It's like when you tell a kid, like, don't touch that. And so they try to get as close to the thing as possible touching. without touching it.
0: Almost touching.
1: I'm going to touch it. I'm going to touch it.
0: Yeah. It is among my favorite DeSalvo covers. Not the least of which because it's just, there's a lot of knees. <laughs> There's a great deal of
1: knees going on. That's a lot of knees. There's <laughs> just
0: a lot of knees. And, it's, and of course, his shirt is open and tucked into his kilt because you can't button. None of these people can button their shirts. Nobody buttons their shirts on the cover of a romance. It's
1: true. Do buttons even exist? In- Do buttons
0: even exist? I couldn't tell you. All right. So our next email is from Morgan. So in case you thought, I need more psychic pining. We have more psychic pining. Morgan writes, I just finished listening to your episode on telepathy romances. It reminded me of the Nora Roberts trilogy, The Sign of Seven. In that... The three groups of heroes and heroines have similar psychic powers. The guys are all childhood friends, but the women are from out of town. The book one couple can see visions of the past. Book two are telepathic, so the present. And then the book three couple can see the future. It was really interesting seeing how different people dealt with the same powers. There's a lot more going on since some ancient demon curse to destroy the world or something. There's always an ancient demon curse to destroy the world. Like it's just, that's just how it is. And it's been a long time since I read it, but I remember it fondly. Memorably. Oh, hello, Amanda. Memorably. The telepathic couple at one point in their book decides to turn the telepathy on during sex one time, and they blow each other's minds. And literally, literally maybe to save that for special occasions. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to mention this series in case you revisit this. Okay, A we're revisiting it and B that's amazing.
1: See, I like I couldn't do that if I was actually having what? sex with someone. What, like, save it for
0: special occasions or turn on the telepathy.
1: Turn on telepathy cuz like you we've all been there where we're having sex and just like a weird stray thought just like zooms past our brains <laughs> for just like a hot second. <laughs> can you imagine? Like, Why are you thinking
0: about miniature hot dogs? <laughs> it's
1: like long story. Uh, something happened earlier today. Okay, keep doing what you're doing. Forget about the hot dogs.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, brains are weird in a in a standard no, in a standard moment. Brains are. I mean, my brain's very weird at more intensive moments. Whether I'm really focused on something or I'm, yeah, uh-uh. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> turn on the telepathy while you're banging but
1: like, then that makes really me wonder have to keep his socks on for this it's fine <laughs> socks are fine uh,
0: <laughs> you got to turn your socks on
1: are we using the good towel for the sex towel this time god i wish he had grabbed the other one like <laughs> that
0: <laughs> it's really hard to turn off your housekeeping brain right
1: yes you're like, oh, God, I should have dusted before he came over. <laughs> like,
0: oh, I missed a sock. It's hanging over there. Oops. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The children, by the way, have returned safely oh, Are sweaty have, and have hear. donuts. You can hear them. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I told them. I told them if I'm recording a podcast with Amanda, it's fine if there's background yeah. noise because we're already just going to be very silly and talking about food and there's donuts involved. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they they went outside voluntarily and biked probably about a mile and a half up and down some hills. Oh, hills
1: are the worst.
0: Oh, yeah. Super hilly.
1: Yeah, I don't do hills. Eric and I. uh, So Eric is a runner. I am not. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And there was one time I was like, let's just go for like a a walk. And this is at my old apartment. And there's this huge ass fucking hill yes. and the minute i saw him start going up that hill
0: you can come in if you're bringing me donuts
1: bring donuts but the the minute i saw eric turn and like we're starting to go up that hill i'm like no no thank you i'm gonna <laughs> go back home <laughs> you just turned around and was so mad i was like <laughs> we're not fucking doing this
0: okay that's funny I am texting my thanks to my son for my donut, which I'm actually saving for our stream tonight, you know.
1: Oh. Yeah. Well. It's not instead eating. of cookies, instead of Oreos, going to be a donut. I can have both, but or probably. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to pigeonhole you into No, I, I have many. I have many <laughs>
0: carbohydrate options. Yesterday was I want salt, sweet, no salt, no sweet, no, no salt. So I had like one hand in a bag of cheese doodles and one hand, in a bag of those little cookies that have the their circles like tubes with the chocolate filling
1: the pirouettes.
0: Yes, thank you, pirouettes. So I had a, one pirouette and one cheese doodle, and I was just double fisted, just going back and forth. All right, so tell me, since we're okay. talking about psychic pining, and I love this so much, I had psychic Carol Catrell on the podcast, and you booked a reading.
1: I did. I did. Uh, I may start crying during this recollection. Uh, So yesterday, so we're recording on a Thursday. I had my reading on a Wednesday morning. Uh, And for those of you who do not know, uh, my father passed away at the end of July. So it's been weird. I am the one handling everything because I'm his only child and pretty much his only surviving relative. So, like, I've had to deal with that, and, you know, his ashes are, like, sitting five feet away from me. And just to Uh, clarify,
0: you have a a bio dad and a stepdad. Yeah. Because you
1: talk about both dads, and um, if you talk about your
0: other dad, I don't want anyone to be
1: confused. (laughs) Yeah. So, I I call my stepdad my dad. He has, like, custody, and, you know, he's been in my life since I was, like, three. So, he's very much my dad. Uh, But for the purpose of this conversation, when I say dad, I mean... My biological dad. Right. Okay. Um, and then the last four years or so, I've had uh, four family members die. Oof. So it, it's been a rough <laughs> several years. Um, and this was something, hiring a medium was something I wanted to do when my grandmother died a few years ago, my dad's mom. Um because that was kind of contentious and I didn't feel like I had closure and I wanted to do something, but I did not um, And then with my dad dying and Sarah doing the podcast, which I was supposed to host with her, but it was a rough time. And I tapped out on that podcast episode. I was like, well, maybe I should try it. Carol was very nice and very sweet. And uh, she asked, are there any spirits you want me to try to contact? And I said, yes. And that was it. I just said, yes. I didn't say who or anything. Just like, okay. Well, just so you know, there's no guarantee that who you want to speak to will come through. But it's, you know, if you have someone in mind. Um, So that's all I told her. I didn't tell her anything ahead of time about my situation, why I was doing this appointment, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first... So, she, like, you know, kind of settles in. And the first person to come through, um, she said, it's a, it's a woman who's just, like, filled with joy. And I knew immediately it was my grandmother. Oh. And she's like, she just wants to hug you. That's all she wants to do is hug you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and my grandmother gave the best hugs. And... You know, she mentioned, she's like, she has a cough. Um, was she a smoker? And I said, no, she had lung cancer. And that's what she died of. You know, we were going back and forth with my grandmother. And, you know, she, like, mentioned things that... I know some people don't give a lot of credence. People, like, research clients ahead of time and being able to find out a lot of stuff. But there were things that she mentioned about my grandmother that, like, the, there's no way. um, Like, the fact that she would bribe me with, like, Tootsie Pops. Or that, like, like, you know, ice cream was her favorite way to, like, make yourself feel better. Or that, you know, that I moved away from her at a young age and it was very hard. And that, you know, at the age of... Five, my grandmother pursued like visitation rights, like very specific timeline stuff that wouldn't have been easily discoverable or identified right. yeah um and it was just so sweet there was one point towards the end um where Carol was like she's making a a needle motion um She's like, did did she craft or do you craft? And I was like, I do cross-stitch. Um, and she's like, yeah. She's like, your grandmother making the needle motion and, like, pointing. And I was like, yeah, I cross stitch. She's like, have you stitched anything for her? And I said, no. And she's like, well, your grandmother wants you to stitch something for her. And oh. she wants you to to turn it into a pillow or something that you can hug. So... And I told Carol, I was like, I didn't know I'd be getting homework. She's like, yeah, I know you. You pay me and I give you an assignment. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So spirits are giving you homework? Yeah. What the hell? And so the other spirit that came through was my dad. And this one was really hard. Um, Pretty much the entire session, I was crying like a baby.
0: Um, Well, that's kind of why you booked it, right?
1: Yeah, just I don't know. Like I with my dad's death I didn't exactly feel like there was anything I don't know, left unsaid. Mm-hmm. But it's just weird. Well yeah, and also, um, you know, grief and
0: mourning rituals exist for the people who are still alive. They don't exist for the person who's dead. They're not here. Yeah. So for you in the quarantine's far away with your dad yeah. who was in he was in hospice, right?
1: For Um, So he's been living in a long-term care facility. Um, He had a stroke or he had a traumatic brain injury that led to a stroke to pretty much, you know, he couldn't eat on his own, couldn't walk. So he was living in like a long-term care facility for a while. Um, And then my grandparents died. So I had to take that over. And then in July or June, uh, Father's Day, I had to make the decision to put him in, Hospice, and he died on July thirty first. So, two months or so, he right. was in hospice.
0: And, you know, you you went down to see him, but there's no there's no grief ritual like that you do with other people at this. Now, p- you know, if you're if you're grief anyone who's grieving now a lot of people have to do it by themselves. Like it's really hard to process that on your own. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm in my house and things are the same, except things are not the same. What the hell do I do? Yeah. So this makes yeah. a lot of sense.
1: So whatever works um, for you. Right. Yeah. And so she, she brought up things about like, uh, she knew that my dad, uh, had addiction issues and an addictive personality. She knew that he was in trouble with the law. Um, and that you know he was kind of like a a black sheep um and then oh she asked she's like she's like you had to take on a lot of financial burden for this didn't you and i said yes and um she's like your dad knows and he says he's so grateful because no one else would have done what you did oh. no one else would have rushed down to visit him or pay for his cremation and he says that you are so brave and so strong oh. and that you didn't get it from him. <laughs> oh, no. He because he he realizes he was kind of like a coward in his life. He was oh, a lonely gosh. person who kind of pushed everyone away and blamed a lot of his problems on everyone else, which is so true of my dad. Um, so it was tough. But one thing I told Sarah that like blew my mind, and so my my dad is a dog person. He's always owned dogs. He's never liked cats. Right. So she's like, did you have a cat pass away? And I said no. And she's like, well, your dad keeps pointing to a cat, and I'm like, well, I have a cat. And she's like, um, is it a long haired cat? And I said yes. He's like, is he two colors, two light colors? And I said, yes. And um, he's like, because your dad keeps talking about this cat. I was like, that's my cat. Right. Um, Which is not something my dad would have known in life. Right. He's never seen photos of my cat. He's never met my cat. Um, so for him to communicate, that's my cat, is something that he would only know now. I'm seeing that your cat is playing with this, like, little round white round ball. Does he have like a toy that's like a white round ball? And I was like, yes he does. Oh my gosh. And he's like, well when when your cat is kind of like interacting with that toy, he's like, that's that's your dad. Um he's like your your cat's not fond of your dad and your dad's not exactly fond of the cat. But he grudgingly <laughs> says it's a nice cat. Um <laughs> And she's like, your grandma's saying that, you know, in life, I would have seen this sort of thing as a sin. And she's like, but I know that's not the case now. She's oh, like, don't no. believe it. Don't worry about it. Um, So, like, she just knew pretty, like, intimate details about the kind of people both my dad and grandmother were. Yeah, and it was not like a, you know, like, I did a lot of crying. um. And I was talking to Eric about this, and he doesn't put much weight into this sort of stuff. But I was thinking, it's like, why does it matter? You know, like, what if this isn't real? Um, does that really matter in the grand scheme of things? Um, in terms of like the way it made me feel, the way it, I feel like it's helped. And I and i don't think it does. I don't think it does matter. Um one weird thing that I also told Sarah about is like during the session, there was a a spirit trying to come through, and Carol described this person as um, had a history of drinking, um kind of like a single syllable first name, and he had a, a tattoo of an anchor. And she said, usually that symbolizes Marines or Navy in terms of the military. And none of my relatives who have died really matched that description. Like a few of them had like, you know, I have a grandfather named Roy who died of alcoholism, but he had no tattoos and wasn't in the Navy or Marines. And, you know, like no one fit that description. So I talked to my roommate. And I knew my roommate's father was in the military. He was in the Navy, uh, but he wasn't a drinker. um, And his tattoo was of something else. Mm -hmm. So my roommate reached out to her aunt and was like, did grandpa have a tattoo? Because she said her grandpa was a drinker and was in the Navy and had a single syllable first name. And her aunt responds, "Yes, why?" And Stephanie's like, "Oh, I, I just can't remember what the tattoo was of." And her aunt respond was responded with, "Well, he had a tattoo of an anchor."
0: Oh my gosh!
1: Um, so I told Stephanie, and Stephanie told her aunt, and they're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> And, like, her aunt's like, what did he say? And I'm like, nothing, because I told Carol I didn't know this person, so, like, she didn't kind of, like, allow him to come through. So Stephanie and her aunt might give this a try. Oh, that's so cool! But, like,
0: I thought it was so worth it. It clearly brought you some some comfort and some feelings of acknowledgement of all of the stuff that you went through.
1: Yeah, I mean... It's not something that I would do like every day, obviously. like I would do it again if I felt like I had a reason to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe after I make this pillow, maybe I'll I'll do it again to see if Grandma approves. Um, but it was just I mean, the cat thing was nuts. Just like all these little details. I love how Linus does not like your dad, and your dad's not fond of Linus. <laughs> Which is like, would be true. Like if yeah. my dad came and visited me, they would not mesh well at all. <laughs> so it made it seem like my my dad begrudgingly is accepting my cat because like my cat is the way to like communicate. <laughs>
0: Final talk to the cat. Talk not to the cat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> talk not to the cat. <laughs> but it was it was really good. I thought it was worth it. Um and I'm glad I did it. I mean it
0: You look like you feel better.
1: I do feel better. I mean it's still like sad and weird and I'm still kind of like, you know, making my way through this grief process and like new things will come up and you know as i continue but um it's definitely been helpful Mm -hmm. because like grief and dying is weird in the best of times oh yeah add in like what's going on globally Add in the fact that like my dad and I didn't have a good relationship mm-hmm. and you know, that was pretty strained in general. Mm-hmm. Um And then I had to kind of step in and take care of a person who didn't really take care of me.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Those are some feelings. Those are yeah. a few feelings to deal with. Yeah. And like during the session, you know, Carol said that like, Oh, your dad is saying that, you know, he, is sorry that, like, you had to come in and parent him. Ouch. And and she's like, did he ever say sorry? And I said, no. And he's like, well, he's showing me an image of him in his hospice bed and you standing nearby, and he's trying to say sorry, but he can't. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of his life, He couldn't talk. Like, that's how weak he was, where he couldn't even open his mouth. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was emotional, but good.
0: Cathartic, it sounds like.
1: Oh, yeah, totally.
0: Um... Whenever I've talked to someone who has seen a psychic or a medium or had a reading done that has really affected them. Um, And they have this sort of quiet, like, whoa, what just happened to me kind of aura about them, this sort of reaction of "Whoa, whoa, whoa, that was a lot. The, the value of just feeling seen and understood and, validated sounds like such a cheapening way to put it, but just to to say, yes, this happened and it was real and it was hard and here's what you're dealing with. And yeah, these are all things that are, that are true and difficult. And to feel that, to feel that sort of recognition of your own experience must be incredibly powerful.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of reasons why people would choose not to do this, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe like, their faith makes them resistant or um you know they maybe they think like it's it's kind of like a con or whatever but mm-hmm. like the the way i feel post reading is such like a raw and real feeling that i can't really argue against the decision that i made to do this like the the result doing it is such like a a very real outcome and experience like what i'm feeling is so like intense mm-hmm. and an immeasurable that i don't know like i i feel like it's one of those things that you have to experience to truly like understand mm-hmm, for sure. and i feel like once once you do feel it then you'll know what i'm then you'll know what i mean mm-hmm. um and it's not necessarily for everybody but
0: no it worked for you so who cares what anyone else thinks you're in yeah. charge good news you're in charge <laughs> bad news you're in charge
1: and you know she was like if something doesn't make sense to you that i'm saying don't force it just tell me you know no this doesn't match anything or i don't understand and there were times where she's like your your grandmother is showing the number four. Does that mean anything? And I was like, Well, my my birth month is April and so is my father's. Um, she's like, okay. She's like, Your grandmother's saying no, that's not what the four means. So it's not like I would give Carol a yes to something and then like it would click. Right. Um, you know, she would say, No, that's not what it means. Um so but she was saying like four. There's four of us, as in, you know, my grandmother, my grandfather, my father and his brother. They've all passed. Mm -hmm. So she's saying there's four of us here. Oh. So, you know, like, Carol doesn't accept, you know, the easy answers necessarily. Right. Um, And she also says that she could say something that doesn't make sense right away. Mm -hmm. Like, you know... um, She'll say something, and then, like, you won't realize it until, like, a few days later. Yeah. Like, oh, that's what this means. My brain is like that all the time.
0: <laughs> all the time. All, yeah. the, all the time. I would, if I did something like this, I'd figure it out, like, next week, maybe next month.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if anyone's curious about it, I I recommend it. I'm not being <laughs> paid to say this or promote it. Oh, no. Uh, I, did this all on my own. Um, and, you know, just I went with Carol just because, you know, Sarah spoke highly of like how comforting and warm and kind of Oh, she seemed
0: lovely in our interview. She, I don't know if you was. listened to the interview. She was just very, like you said, warm and chill and kind and very accepting.
1: Yeah, she she really I was put at ease Pretty immediately, like it's a little weird hopping on a Zoom call
0: with someone you and, like, don't know to go talk to the spirit world. I can see why yeah. that would be strange on many levels.
1: Turning your camera on, uh, you know that sort of thing,
0: while you cry I for an hour. Cry. Yeah, I
1: would do that. I would be yeah. a mess. Um, but I felt pretty comfortable rather quickly with her, so I would definitely recommend her if anyone's curious. Um, the process was super easy. Um, you know, you make an appointment with a on a calendar. You get a Zoom link, and then you just show up. Yep, boom, boom, boom. When it's your time. Yep. Um, and I, I think I paid for a fifty-minute session. I think she has a shorter session, like thirty minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but the fifty minutes went by quickly, and oh, I would, yeah. I wouldn't have minded doing another fifty. It was. Really good, really emotional, but I I thought it was wonderful. I'm so glad. Yeah. Go you.
0: (laughs) In addition to reading with psychics, what are you reading?
1: Oh, so I'm reading The Roommate by Rosie Dannon. I think Mm -hmm. that's how you pronounce her last name.
0: A lot of people have mentioned that they want to read this book. Like it was mentioned a couple times in the hide your wallet.
1: Yes. Um, and I think we meant like several of our reviewers have already read it and have been talking about it on Slack. Um, yeah. The hero is works in like the adult film industry, um, which is something that I've always wanted to see more of in romance and the, the few books that I have read that have sex workers have been bad. So <laughs> um, very like slut shamey, which feels like an antithesis to having someone in sex work.
0: Um, right. Like you give them that character background and then denigrate them for it. Well, what was the point?
1: Yeah. So, and I'm hoping to finish it while I am glamping. Um, and then trying to think I don't know what's up after that I mean I have uh, The Duke Who Didn't by Courtney Milan on my Kindle Yay. Um, I don't mean to brag everyone I'm sorry um, but I'm also like in a very like spooky horror mood so there's this one book that I just added to my Goodreads it's called The Beguiling Ooh. by Zussie Gartner and the, the like, blurb at the top says, An electrifying debut from the Giller Prize shortlisted author of Better Living Through Plastic Explosives that takes readers for a wild ride with urban gothic flair and delectably wicked humor.
0: That so, sounds like all the words that you like.
1: Yeah, so, With ruthless wit and dizzying energy, the beguiling explores blessings and curses, sainthood and sin, mortality and guilt in all its guises, Ooh. weaving together tales of errant mothers, vengeful plants, canine wisdom vengeful and murder full
0: plants
1: <laughs> It lays bare the flesh and blood sacrifices people are willing to make to get what they think they desire. Oh damn yeah so I'm very excited for that one and I don't I don't know when it's out um oh it's out at the end of October?
0: So you're going to listen to that one? Yeah. While you're stitching?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> stitching for a ghost and <laughs> to listening to a creepy urban gothic story. As you do. Yeah. So that's what I have in in progress and currently lined up.
0: Very cool. Do you want to hear what I'm reading? Yeah, of course. Okay. Duh. Duh. So um, I just finished Because Internet, Understanding the New Rules of Language by Gretchen McCullough. Um, It's super interesting and super good. And particularly the chapters on things like the history of memes and memes as language. So that if you understand a meme, then you're part of an in-group. And it's a way of creating community, but it's also a a way of maintaining community. So if you don't understand the meme, you're not part of the group. That part was fascinating to me. Because if you think about it, I mean, we've talked a lot about how the romance community has its own language. And in the absence of adequate descriptors for books, readers have made up their own so that now we have authors and publishers marketing using reader developed languages like tags from fanfic and here's the trope here's the hero archetype here's the heroine archetype here's the you know there was only one bed and he's a secret spy and so you have (laughs) reader developed languages being used to sell books because readers didn't have sufficient language to really identify the difference between say a contemporary romance by debbie maycomber and a contemporary romance by elisha rye Alicia rye these are different things these are very different things Um, so I loved that because I could see how it, how it applied to romance, but I also just love the part where she talks about old internet. Like if I sent you that quiz when we were streaming, what are the apps that you first use or what are the programs that you first used when you signed on? And, and and just remembering things like Usenet, like alt.tv.x files, like, oh, wow, I feel old. Yes. That is where I used to hang out. Apparently I am old internet, which I find hilarious.
1: the section, like, memes and stuff, I thought really interesting because I am a millennial. My brother is Gen Z. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm I Gen X, like, yeah. yeah.
1: And I feel like communication with my brother and I, um, it's half memes half of the time. <laughs> it's just, like, memes back and forth. Um, and, like, that's quite... Like, we could have an entire conversation just sending memes back and forth from each other. And I think like people of a certain age have like a repertoire of memes oh, yeah. to use. you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Um, so I thought that part was most interesting. Oh, you've already read it? Yeah, I'm like almost done with it. Oh my so God, I had no idea yet. you were
0: currently reading it. So yeah. we're going to do a podcast where we talk about this book. And what I love is that I talked about it in our recent Hide Your Wallet or not, not hide your wallet, what you're reading. And Gretchen McCullough tweeted, oh my God, my book's on smart pitches. <laughs> so I want to invite her to join us for a conversation about it because I think with um, with a with a, a linguist and a researcher, it's interesting to talk about the work they did because it's um, it's still evolving. Like the work that she yeah. does is still changing. And the way that you and I each approach this stuff is going to be so interesting. So I just finished that. So I have a uh, audio listening copy from the the publisher of a book by danny shapiro called still writing i don't know why i like to read and listen to books on writing i do it all the time Hmm. the writing thing but i also like listening and reading (laughs) books on writing so i'm enjoying that because it's part memoir and part writing and this is the part that's hard and i'm like yep that sure is the part that's hard it's all hard Good, good this is true so that i just started yesterday while i was cooking Now that the kids have started school, I am cooking even more. There's a lot of cooking going on.
1: Yeah, a whole lot. We circle back to food. Now we circle back to food.
0: So I have made (laughs) Denver omelet. I have made pumpkin bread tonight. I'm making mac and cheese. Tomorrow is Friday, so we're going to takeout this weekend. We're making homemade pizza. We got plans. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you to Amanda for hanging out with me again. And thank you for all of your email and recommendations. If you would like to get in touch, you can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. I have heard from so many of you who enjoy the episodes with me and Amanda. So we'll try to make it a more frequent feature. And if you would like book recommendations, email us. We love telling you what to read. We are very expensive people to know, and we know this but we love hearing from you. So please get in touch if you would like to. We'd love your email. Thank you again to the Patreon community for keeping the show going every week. You can be a part of the excellent Patreon community and get a heads up about upcoming interviews. Have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. I will have links to all of the recipes and the books that we talked about. Do not worry And as always, I will close this episode with a bad joke. This joke comes from Jenny. And since so many of us have now gone fully back to school, whether that's virtual or uh, hybrid or in person, we have a math joke. Which is great because I'm terrible at math, but I like this joke. You ready? Here we go. Why was six afraid of seven? Well, because seven ate nine. You knew that. But why did seven eat nine? Because he heard you should eat three squared meals a day. (laughs) yes math jokes math jokes are the best thank you jenny please please send me your bad jokes they make me so happy i giggle like a goofball and then my family comes to the office and they're like what are you laughing at are you telling bad jokes again (laughs) on behalf of everyone here we wish you the very best of reading have a wonderful weekend we will see you back here next week Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcasting Network. You can find outstanding shows to listen to while you do math at frolic.media slash podcasts.